seventh voyage of Sinbad the Seaman. Know, O company, that after my return from this sixth voyage, which brought me abundant profit, I resumed my former life in all possible joyance and enjoyment and mirth and making merry day and night. And I tarried some time in this solace and satisfaction till my soul began once more to long to sail the seas and see foreign countries in company with merchants and hear new things. Till my soul began once more to long to sail the seas and see foreign countries in company with merchants and hear new things. So, having made up my mind, I packed up in bales a quantity of precious stuff suited for sea trade and repaired with them from Baghdad city to Persona town where I found a ship ready for sea, and in her, a company of considerable merchants. I shipped with them, and becoming friends, we set forth on our venture in health and safety, and sailed with a fair wind, till we came to a city called Marinat al Sea. But after we had left it, as we fared on in all cheer and confidence, devising of traffic and travel, behold, there sprang up a violent headwind, and a tempest of rain fell on us, and rained us and upwards. So we covered the bales with our cloaks and garments and drugget and canvas, lest they be spoiled by the rain. And we took ourselves to prayer and supplications to Almighty Allah, and humbled ourselves before Him for deliverance from the peril that was upon us. But the captain arose, and tightening his girdle, tucked up his skirts, and, after taking refuge with Allah from Satan, the stone, clomb to the masthead, whence he looked outright and left him gazing at the passengers and crew, felt a buff in his face and plucking out his beard. So we cried to him, O oh, Rice, what is the matter? And he replied, saying, Seek ye deliverance of the Most High from the strait into which we have fallen, and bemoan yourselves and take leave of one another, for know that the wind hath gotten the mastery of us, and hath driven us into the uttermost of the seas of the world. Then he came down from the masthead, and opening his sea chest, pulled out a bag of blue cotton, from which he took a powder like ashes. This he set in a saucer, wetted with a little water, and, after waiting a short time, smelt and tasted it. And then he took out of the chest a booklet, wherein he read a while, and said weeping, No, O pastors, that in this book is a marvelous matter, denoting that whoso cometh hither shall surely die, without hope of escape. For that this ocean is called the sea of the clime of the king, wherein is the sepulchre of our Lord Solomon, son of David, on holy peace. And therein are servants of vast bulk and fearsome aspect. And what ship soever cometh to these climes, there riseth to her a great fish of the sea, and swalloweth her up with all and everything on board her. Know, O ye passengers, that in this book is a marvelous matter denoting that whoso cometh hither shall surely die without hope of escape. Hearing these words from the captain great was our wonder, but hardly had he made an end of speaking when the ship was lifted out of the water and let fall again, and we applied to praying the death prayer and committing our souls to Allah. Presently we heard a terrible great cry with the loud pealing thunder, whereat we were terror-struck and became as dead men, giving ourselves up for loss. Then behold, there came up to us a huge fish, as big as a tall mountain, at whose sight we became wild for a fight, and, weeping sore, made ready for death, marveling at its vast size and gruesome semblance. When lo, a second fish made its appearance then, which we had seen not more monstrous. So we bemoaned ourselves of our lives and farewell one another. But suddenly up came a third fish, bigger than the two first. Whereupon we lost the power of thought and reason, and were stupefied for the excess of our fear and horror. 
Then the three fish began circling round about the ship, and the third and biggest opened his mouth to swallow it. And we looked into its mouth, and behold, it was wider than the gate of a city, and its throat was like a long valley. So we besought the Almighty, and called for succour upon his apostle, on whom be blessing and peace. When suddenly a violent squall of wind arose and smote the ship, which rose out of the water and settled upon a great reef, the haunt of sea monsters, where it broke up and flew asunder into boats, and all of them on board were plunged into the sea. As for me, I tore off all my clothes but my gown and swam a little way, till I happened upon one of the ship's planks whereto I clung and bestrode it like a horse. Whilst the winds and waters sported with me, and the waves carried me up and cast me down, and I was in most piteous plight for fear and distress and hunger and thirst. Then I reproached myself for what I had done, and my soul was weary after a life of ease and comfort. And I said to myself, O Sinbad, O Seaman, thou repentest not, and yet thou art ever suffering hardships and travails. Yet wilt thou not renounce sea travel, or in thou say, I renounce. Thou liest in thy renouncement. Endure then with patience that which thou sufferest. For verily thou deserveth all that betideth thee. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and sixty-fourth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sinbad the seaman continued. But when I had bestricken that plank, quoth I to myself, Thou deserveth all that betideth thee. All this is decreed to me of Allah, whose name be exalted, to turn me from my greed of gain. Whence ariseth all that I endure, for I have wealth galore. Then I returned to my senses and said, In very sooth this time I repent to the Most High, with a sincere repentance of my lust for gain and venture, and never will I again name travel with tongue nor in thought. And I cease not to humble myself before Almighty Allah and weep and bewail myself, recalling my former estate of solace and satisfaction and mirth and merriment and joyance. And thus I abode two days, at the end of which I came to a great island abounding in trees and streams. There I landed and ate of the fruits of the island and drank of its waters, till I was refreshed and my life returned to me and my strength and spirits were restored. And I recited, Oft when thy case shows naughty and tangled sky, fate downs from heaven and strengthens every ply, and patience keep thy soul till clear thy lot, for he who ties the knot can eke untie. Then I walked about, till I found on the further side a great river of sweet water, running with a strong current, whereupon I called to mind the boat raft I had made aforetime, and said to myself, Needs must I make another. Haply I may free me from this strait. If I escape, I have my desire, and I vow to Allah Almighty to forswear travel. And if I perish, I shall be at peace, and shall rest from toil and moil. So I rose up, and gathered together great store of pieces of wood from the trees, which were all of the finest sanders wood, whose like is not alb I knew it not, and made shift to twist creepers and tree twigs into a kind of rope, with which I bound the billets together, and so contrived craft. Then saying, And I be saved, tis of God's grace, I embarked thereon and committed myself to the current, and it bore me on for the first day, and the second and the third after leaving the island, whilst I lay in the raft, eating not and drinking, when I was athirst of the water of the river, till I was weak and giddy as a chicken, for stress of fatigue and famine and fear. At the end of this time I came to a high mountain, whereunder ran the river, which when I saw I feared for my life by reason of the straightness I had suffered in my former journey. 
and I would fain have stayed the raft and landed on the mountainside. But the current overpowered me, and drew it into the subterranean passage like an archway. Whereupon I gave myself up for lost, and said, There is no majesty, and there is no might save in Allah, the glorious, the great. However, after a little, the raft glided into open air, and I saw before me a wide valley, wherein the river fell with a noise like the rolling of thunder, and a swiftness as the rushing of the wind. I held on to the raft for fear of falling off it, whilst the waves tossed me right and left, and the craft continued to descend with the current, nor could I avail to stop it, nor turn it shorewards, till it stopped with me in a great and goodly city, grandly edified and containing much people. And when the townsfolk saw me on the raft, dropping down with the current, they threw me out ropes which I had not strength enough to hold. Then they tossed a net over the craft and drew it ashore with me, whereupon I fell to the ground amidst them, as I were a dead man, for stress of fear and hunger and lack of sleep. After a while there came up to me out of the crowd an old man of reverend aspect, well stricken in years, who welcomed me and threw over me abundance of handsome clothes, wherewith I covered my nakedness. Then he carried me out to the Haman bath and brought me cordial sherbets and delicious perfumes. Moreover, when I came out, he bore me to his house, where his people made much of me, and, seating me in a pleasant place, set rich food before me, whereof I ate my fill and returned thanks to God the Most High for my deliverance. Thereupon his pages fetched me hot water, and I washed my hands, and his handmaid brought me silken napkins, with which I dried them and wiped my mouth. Also the sheikh set apart for me an apartment in a part of his house, and charged his pages and slave girls to wait upon me, and do my will and supply my wants. They were assiduous in my service, and I abode with him in the guest chamber three days, taking my ease of good eating and good drinking and good sense, till life returned to me, and my terror subsided and my heart was calmed, and my mind was eased. On the fourth day the sheikh, my host, came into me and said, Ah, thou cherished us with thy company, O my son, and praise be to Allah for thy safety. Say, wilt thou now come down with me to the beach and the bazaar, and sell thy goods and take their price? Be like thou mayest buy thee wherewithal to traffic. I have ordered my servants to remove thy stock in trade from the sea, and they have piled it on the shore. I was silent a while and said to myself, what mean these words, and what goods have I? Then said he, Oh, my son, be not troubled nor careful, but come with me to the market, and if any offer for thy goods what price contenteth thee, take it. But, and thou be not satisfied, I will lay them up for thee in my warehouse against a sale. So I bethought me of my case, and said to myself, Do his bidding, and see what are these goods. And I said to him, O oh, my uncle the sheikh, I hear and I obey. I may not gainsay thee an aught for Allah's blessing is on all thou dost. Accordingly he guided me to the market street, where I found that he had taken in pieces the raft which carried me and which was of sandalwood, and I heard the broker calling it for sale. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. When it was the five hundred and sixty-fifth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sinbad the seaman thus resumed his tale. I found that the sheikh had taken to pieces my raft which lay on the beach and the broker was crying the sandalwood for sale. Then the merchants came and opened the gate of bidding for the wood and bid against one another till its price reached a thousand dinars. When they left bidding and my host said to me, 
Hero, my son, this is the current price for thy goods in hard times like these. Wilt thou sell them for this, or shall I lay them up for thee in my storehouses till such time as prices rise? O oh, my lord, answered I, the business is in thy hands. Do as thou wilt. Then asked he, Wilt thou sell the wood to me, O my son, for an hundred gold pieces over and above what the merchants have bidden for it? And I answered, Yes, I have sold it to thee for monies received. So he bade his servants transport the wood to his storehouses, and, carrying me back to his house, seated me and counted out to me the purchase money. After which he laid it in bags, and setting them in a privy place, locked them up with an iron padlock and gave me its key. Some days after this, the sheikh said to me, O my son, I have somewhat to propose to thee, wherein I trust thou wilt do my bidding. Quoth I, What is this? Quoth he, I am a very old man, and have no son, but I have a daughter who is young in years, and fair of favor, and endowed with abounding wealth and beauty. Now I have a mind to marry her to thee, that thou mayest abide with her in this our country, and I will make thee master of all I have in hand, for I am an old man, and thou shalt stand in my stead. I was silent for shame, and made him no answer, whereupon he continued, Do my desire in this, O my son, for I wish but thy will. And if thou wilt, but do as I say, thou shalt have her at once, and be as my son, and all that is under my hand, or that cometh to me, shall be thine. If thou have a mind to traffic and travel to thy native land, none shall hinder thee, and thy property will be at thy sole disposal. So do as thou wilt. By Allah, O my uncle, replied I, thou art become to me even as my father, and I am a stranger and have undergone many hardships, while for stress of that which I have suffered not of judgment or knowledge is left to me. It is for thee, therefore, to decide what I shall do. Hereupon he sent his servants for the Kazi and the witnesses, and married me to his daughter, making us for a noble marriage feast and high festival. When I went into her, I found her perfect in beauty and loveliness, and symmetry and grace, clad in rich raiment and covered with a profusion of ornaments and necklaces and other trinkets of gold and silver and precious stones worth a mint of money, a price none could pay. She pleased me and we loved each other, and I abode with her in solace and delight of life till her father was taken to the mercy of Allah Almighty. So we shrouded him and buried him, and I laid hands on the whole of his property and all his servants and slaves became mine. Moreover, the merchants installed me in his office, for he was their sheikh and their chief, and none of them purchased aught but with his knowledge and by his leave, and now his rank passed on to me. When I became acquainted with the townsfolk, I found that at the beginning of each month they were transformed, and that their faces changed and they became like birds and birds, wherewith they flew unto the upper regions of the firmament, and none remained in the city save the women and children. And I said in my mind, when the first of the month cometh, I will ask one of them to carry me with them, whither they go. So when the time came and their complexion changed and their forms altered, I went into one of the townsfolk and said to him, Allah upon thee, carry me with thee, that I might divert myself with the rest and return with you. 
This may not be, answered he. But I ceased not to solicit him, and I importuned him to be consented. Then I went out of his company without telling any of my family or servants or friends, and he took me on his back and flew up with me so high in air that I heard the angels glorifying God in the heavenly dome, whereat I wondered and exclaimed, Praise be Allah! Extolled be in the perfection of Allah! Hardly had I made an end of pronouncing the tasbih, praised be Allah, when there came out a fire from heaven and all but consumed the company. Whereupon they fled from it and descended with curses upon me, and casting me down on a high mountain, went away, exceeding wrath with me, and left me there alone. As I found myself in this plight, I repented of what I had done, reproached myself for having undertaken that for which I was unable, saying, There is no majesty and there is no might, save in Allah, the glorious, the great. No sooner am I delivered from one affliction than I fall into a worse. And I continued in this case, knowing not whither I should go, when lo, there came up two young men, as they were moons, each using as a staff of rod of red gold. So I approached them and saluted them, and when they returned my salam, I said to them, Allah upon you, twain. Who are ye, and what are ye? We are the members of the Most High, Allah, abiding in this mountain. And, giving me a rod of red gold they had with them, went their ways and left me. I walked on along the mountain bridge, staying my steps with the staff and pondering the case of the two youths, when behold, a serpent came forth from under the mountain, with a man in her jaws, whom she had swallowed even to below his navel. And he was crying out and saying, Whoso delivereth me, Allah will deliver him from all adversity. So I went up to the serpent and smote her on the head with the golden staff, whereupon she cast the man forth of her mouth. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted saying. When it was the five hundred and sixty-sixth night, she said, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Sinbad the seaman thus continued, when I smote the serpent on the head with my golden staff, she cast the man forth of her mouth. Then I smote her a second time, and she turned and fled. Whereupon he came up to me and said, Since my deliverance from yonder serpent hath been at thy hand, I will never leave thee, and thou shalt be my comrade on this mountain. And welcome, answered I. So we fared on along the mountain, till we fell in with a company of folk, and I looked and saw amongst them the very man who had carried me and cast me down there. I went up to him and spake with him fair, excusing myself to him and saying, O oh my comrade, it is not thus that friend should deal with friend. Quoth he, It was thou who well nigh destroyed us by thy speed, and thy glorifying God Quoth I, Pardon me, for I had no knowledge of this matter, but if thou wilt take me with thee, I swear not to say a word. So he relented and consented to carry me with him, but he made an express condition that so long as I rode on his back, I should abstain from pronouncing the tasmid or otherwise glorifying God. Then I gave the wand of gold to him whom I had delivered from the serpent and bade him farewell. And my friend took me on his back and flew with me as before, till he brought me to the city and set me down in my own house. My wife came to meet me and saluting me, gave me joy of my safety and then said, going forth hereafter with yonder folk. Neither consult with them, for they are brethren of the devils, and know not how to mention the name of Allah Almighty, neither worship they gain. And how did thy father with them, asked I? My father was not of them, neither did he as they. And now he is dead, and he thinks thou hadst better sell all we have, 
and with the price buy merchandise and journey to thine own country and people, and I will you. For I care not to tarry in this city, my father and my mother being dead. So I sold all of the Sheikh's property piecemeal, and looked for the one who should be journeying thence to Basora that I might join myself to him. And while thus doing, I heard of a company of townsfolk who had a mind to make the voyage, but could not find them a ship. So they bought wood and built them a great ship wherein I took passage with them, and paid them all the hire. Then we embarked, I and my wife, with all our movables, leaving our houses and domains and so forth, and set sail, and ceased not sailing from island to island and sea to sea, with a fair wind and a favoring, till we arrived at Basora safe and sound. I made no stay there, but freighted another vessel and, transferring my goods to her, set out forthright for Baghdad city, where I arrived in safety, and entering my quarter and repairing to my house, foregathered with my family and friends and familiars who laid up my goods in my warehouses. When my people who, reckoning the period of my absence on this my seventh voyage, had found it to be seven and twenty years, and had given up all hope of me, heard of my return, they came to welcome me and to give me joy of my safety, and I related to them all that had befallen me, whereat they marveled with exceeding marvel. Then I forswore travel and vowed to Allah the Most High I would venture no more by land or sea, for that this seventh and last voyage had surfeited me of travel and adventure. And I thank the Lord, be he praised and glorified, and blessed him for having restored me to my kith and kin and country and home. Consider therefore, O Sinbad, O landsman, continued Sinbad the seaman, what sufferings I have undergone, and what perils and hardships I have endured before coming to my present state. Allah upon thee, O my lord, answered Sinbad the landsman, pardon me the wrong I did thee. And they ceased not from friendship and fellowship, abiding in all cheer and pleasures and solace of life, till there came to them the destroyer of delights, and the sunderer of societies, and the shatterer of palaces, and the caterer for cemeteries, to wit, the cup of death. And glory be to the living one. Who Last dieth voyage. Know, O my brothers and friends and companions all, that when I left voyaging and commercing, I said in myself, Suffices me that hath befallen me. And I spent my time in solace and pleasure. One day as I sat at home, there came a knock at my door. And when the porter opened, a page entered and said, A caliph beadeth thee to him. I went with him to the king's majesty and kissed ground and saluted him. Whereupon he welcomed me and entreated me with honor and said, Sinbad, I have an occasion for thee. Wilt thou do it? So I kissed his hand and asked him, saying, O oh my lord, what occasion hath the master for the slave? Whereto he answered me, I am minded that thou travel to the king of Sarandi and carry to him our writ and our gift, for that he hath sent to us a present and a letter. I trembled at these words and rejoined, by Allah the Omnipotent, O oh my Lord, I have taken a loathing to wayfare, and when I hear the words voyage or travel, my limbs tremble for what hath befallen me of hardships and horrors. Indeed, I have no desire whatever for this, more by token as I have bound myself by oath not to quit Baghdad. Then I informed the Caliph of all I had passed through from first to last, and he marveled with exceeding marvel and said, By the Almighty, O Sinbad, and ages of old such mishaps as happened to thee were never known to happen to any, and thou dost only write never even to talk of travel. For our sake, however, thou wilt go this time and carry our present, and
and our letter to him of Sarandee and Inshallah. By God's leave, thou shalt return quickly, and on this wise we shall be under no obligation to the said king. I replied that I heard and obeyed, being unable to oppose his command. So he gave me the gifts and the missive with money to pay my way, and I kissed hands and left the presence. Then I dropped down from Baghdad to the Gulf, and with other merchants embarked, and our ship sailed before a fair wind many days and nights till, by Allah's aid, we reached the island of Sanity. As soon as we had made the land, I took the present and the letter, and going with them to the king, kissed down before him. When he saw me, he said, Welcome, O Sindabad, by Allah Omnipotent. We were longing to see thee, and glory be to God who hath again shown us thy face. Then taking me by the hand, he made me sit by his side, rejoicing. And he welcomed me with familiar kindness again and entreated me as a friend. After this, he began to converse with me, and courteously addressed me and said, What was the cause of thy coming to us? So after kissing his hand and thanking him, I answered, O my lord, I have brought thee a present from my master, the Caliph Harun al-Rashid offered him the present and the letter which he read and at which he rejoiced with passing joy. The present consisted of a man bearing a golden saddle set with jewels, a book, a sumptuous suit of clothes, and a hundred different kinds of white carrying cloths and silks of Suez, Kufa, and Alexandria, Greek carpets, and a hundred mounds weight of linen and raw silk. Moreover, there was a wondrous rarity, a marvelous cup of crystals, Middlemost of which was the figure of a lion faced by a kneeling man, grasping a bow with arrow drawn to the very head, together with the food tray of Solomon, the son of David, on whom be peace. The missive ran as follows. Peace from King Al-Rashid, the aided of Allah, who hath vouchsafed to him and his forefathers noble rank and widespread glory. Be on this fortunate source, but after Thy letter came to our hands, and we rejoice thereat. And we have sent the book entitled, Delight of the Intellect, and for our friends the rare present, together with sundry curiosities suitable for kings. So do thou favor us by accepting, and peace be with thee. Then the king lavished upon me much wealth, and entreated me with all honor. So I prayed for him, and thanked him for his munificence. Some days after I craved his leave to depart, but could not obtain it except by great pressing, whereupon I farewelled him and fared forth from the city, with merchants and other companions, homewards bound without any desire for travel or trade. We continued voyaging and coasting along many islands, but when we were halfway, we were surrounded by a number of canoes, wherein were men like devils armed with bows and arrows, swords and daggers, inhabited in mail coats and other armor. They fell upon us and wounded and slew all who opposed them. Then, having captured the ship and her contents, carried us to an island, where they sold us at the meanest price. Now I was bought by a wealthy man who, taking me to his house, gave me meat and drink and clothing, and treated me in the friendliest manner. So I was heartened and I rested him. One day he asked me, Dost thou know any art or craft? And I answered him, O oh my lord, I am a merchant and know nothing but trade and traffic. Dost thou know how to use a bow and arrow? Rejoined he. Yes, I replied. I know that much. Thereupon he brought me a bow and arrows and mounted me behind him upon an elephant, 
Then he set out as night was well nigh over, and, passing through a forest of huge growths, came to a tall and sturdy tree up which he made me climb. Then he gave me the bow and arrows, saying, Sit here now, and when the elephant's troops hither in early morning, shoot at them. Be like thou wilt hit one, and, if you fall, come and tell me. With this he left me. I hid myself in the tree, being in sore terror, and trembled till the sun arose. And when the elephants appeared and wandered about among the trees, I shot my arrows at them and and shot down one of them. In the evening I reported my success to my master, who was delighted in me and entreated me with high honor. And next morning he removed the slain elephant. In this wise I continued every morning shooting an elephant which my master had removed, till one day, as I was perched and hiding on the tree, there came on suddenly and unexpectedly an innumerable host of elephants, whose screaming and trumpeting were such that I imagined the earth trembled under them, all surrounded my tree, whose circumference was some fifty cubits, and one enormous monster came up to it, and winding his trunk round the bowl, hailed it up by the roots, and dashed into the ground. I fell down fainting amongst the beasts when the monster elephant moved his trunk about me and, setting me on his back, went off with me, the others accompanying us, the others accompanying us. He carried me still unconscious till he reached the place for which he was making, when he rolled me off his back and presently went his ways, followed by the others. So I rested a little, and, when my terror had subsided, I looked about me and I found myself among the bones of elephants, whereby I concluded that this was their burial place, and that the monster elephant had led me thither on account of the tusks. So I arose and walked a whole day and night till I arrived at the house of my master, who saw my color changed by stress for fright and famine. He rejoiced in my return and said to me, By Allah, thou hast made my heart sore. I went when thou wast missing and found the tree torn up and thought that the elephants had slain thee. Tell me how it was with thee. I acquainted him with all that had betided me, whereat he wondered greatly and rejoiced and at last asked me, Dost thou know a place? Whereto I answered, Yes, O oh my master. So we mounted an elephant and fared until we came to the spot, and, when my master beheld the heaps of tusks, he rejoiced greatly. Then, carrying away as many as he wanted, he returned with me home. After this, he entreated me with increased favor and said, O oh, my son, thou hast shown us the way to great grain. Wherefore, I'll Allah requite thee. Thou art freed for the Almighty's sake and before his face. The elephants used to destroy many of us on account of our hunting them for their ivories and soravellos, but Allah hath preserved thee from them, and thou hast profited us by the heaps to which thou hast led us. O my master, replied I, God free thy neck from the fire, and do thou grant me, O my master, thy gracious leave to return to my own country. Yes, quoth he, thou shalt have that permission, but we have a yearly fare. When merchants come to us from various quarters to buy up these ivories, the time is drawing near, and when they shall have done their business, I will send thee under their charge and will give thee wherewithal to reach thy home. So I blessed and thanked him and remained with him, treated with respect and honor for some days, when the merchants came as he had foretold, and bought and sold and bartered, and when they had made their preparations to return, my master came to me and said, Rise, and get thee ready to travel with the traders en route to thy country. They had bought a number of tusks which they had bound together in loads, and were embarking them when my master sent me with them, paying for my passage and settling all my debts, besides which he gave me a large present in goods. 
we set out and voyaged from island to island until we had crossed the sea and landed on the shores of the Persian Gulf, when the merchants brought out and sold their stores. I also sold what I had at a high profit, and I bought some of the prettiest things in the place for presents and beautiful rarities and everything else I wanted. I likewise bought for myself a beast, and we fared forth and crossed the deserts from country to country till I reached Baghdad. Here I went into the caliph, and after saluting him and kissing hands, informed him of all that had befallen me, whereupon he rejoiced in my safety and thanked Almighty Allah, and he bade my story be written in letters of gold. I then entered my house and met my family and brethren, and such is the end of the history that had happened to me during my seven voyages. Praise be to Allah, the One, the Creator, the Maker of all things in heaven and earth. Now when Shahrazad had ended her story of the two Sindhabads, Danyazad exclaimed, Oh, my sister, how pleasant is thy tale! How tasteful, how sweet, and how grateful! She replied, And what is this compared with what I could tell thee tomorrow night? Quoth the king, And what may that be? And she said, It is a tale touching the city of brass. Sir Richard Burton's timeless classic 1001 Arabian Nights audio drama of Sinbad the Seaman and Sinbad the Landsman, episodes 7 and 8, features Miguel Moran as Sinbad the Seaman, Richard Garner, Sinbad the Landsman, Warren Blackie, 7th Captain, Glenn Hever, Father-in-Law, Kimlin Tran, Sinbad's second wife, Tony Balin, Winged Devil, Eslong Shaw, Rod Bearing Angels, Isaac Wells, Devoured Man, and Ivory Merchant. Rice Myers, Caliph Harun al-Rashid and Royal Page, Gagnam Fatak, King of Sarandib, Marguerite Sherazad, Karen Heyman, Danyazad, Michael Valenzuela, King Shahyar. Music selections featuring Carl Sanders, Curse the Sun, Shira Gula Pazuzu, Slavey Antunikotris, Iron Cthulhu Apocalypse, Fool and Shambler from the Sea. Sound effects from freesound.org, Inner In and Arabian Adventures. Opening and ending credits licensed from Audio Sparks, Desert Gems Audio, 2019, copyright, all rights reserved.